and it's a little after two, and I'm in my favorite place in the whole wide world. This is Simcha, and soon to be Nisim on Sunday afternoon with Simcha and Nisim. Yes. And I'm here, and I apologize for time off, but life is a little complicated. And I find that, I find that in order to really appreciate something, so sometimes the person, person is not zochet to be able to do it as much as they want. And this is definitely, first of all, seeing my, my very, very close best friend, Nisim Lazari, once a week and be able to sit with him and talk with him and, and really share ideas with him on the radio is something that's one of my favorite things. And unfortunately, it's really not something I get to do every week. I try, I do, I try, and God willing, I will as time goes on. But this is it. We are now between Lagba Omer and Shavuot, and we are on the final countdown to Kabbalah HaTorah, the absolute quintessential, most important, defining moment for us as a nation, when God came down and gave us the Torah, actually, actually gave us the Torah through Moshe, and we became exalted and anointed as His people. We were chosen, but now Hashem gave us the defining, the defining aspect of who we are. And you know something? It's really the most unbelievable thing because when a person thinks about it, when a person contemplates it, having the Torah and having the mitzvot and having the way to live a life in the directions of how a person needs to live the best life is like the biggest gift. It's like getting a manual to a puzzle that you have no idea how to work. But by getting this manual, you get all the cash prizes. And that's what the Torah is. The Torah is, is telling us a manual of how the world works. But when you have mitzvot, and when you have things in the Torah, it's not like they're nice things to do. Those are the rule books of how the world works. That's like Nisim, who puts together buildings and puts together houses. He knows the engineering of how a building works. He knows how much, how much cement you need, how much steel you need. And someone wants to like rewrite that formula, so they're going to make mistakes. Because the formula is a formula that's been tested, and buildings that, <laughs> buildings that didn't use that formula, so they collapse, or they don't work. And I'll ask, but why? Because that's the way it is. The Torah is the way the world works. That's the way the world works. Anybody that wants to do it any different way, it may look like it's working, but guess what? Down the line, better search for that warranty because it ain't going to last. It's not going to last. And the proof in the pudding is all the nations, all the nations that, 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 that came and went to the height of glory, okay? I'm reading about, because I'm just a history buff, I'm reading about King Louis XIV in Versailles, okay? how he took billions and billions of money, he threw it out, and he just built himself this this, this insane, insane palace and with the nobles and all the people. And you would think that they were going to be there forever. Well, that's what they thought. But their morality was so, so, so terrible. And their respect was so terrible. And because of that, so it just went bye-bye. There's nothing left. There's nobody walking around today just saying, 
I'm a descendant of King Louis the Fourteenth. No way. The only reason why we know about him is because he left this huge Wahash Palace in Versailles. But the fact is, the fact is, we have today, today, in in the year 2019, you go into shuls, thousands of shuls. All the Jews are doing the same thing. We're all putting on tefillin. We're all saying the tefillot. We're all doing the mitzvot. And in and, and, and a few weeks, we're all going to be eating cheesecake and saying tikkun or, or learning all night, whatever it is we do on Shavuot. This is what they did. This is what the Atanaim did. This is what the Amoraim did. Because the Torah is the quintessential essence of this creation. And the entire creation was based on what it says in the Torah. Ah, you say, how could that be? Well, honestly, honestly, I don't know, but I don't need to know. What I do know is that the Torah is what what existed and what exists way before anything. So that's really what it is. So Shavuot's coming, and our kids are geared up. It's, it, they're saying the Omer and Pekka Avot, and this is a really great time of the year because it's before the summer when we're going to relax. And it's gearing us up. It's like a really positive, healthy, enjoyable build-up for the summer. Everybody can cram themselves full of Ruchaniyut and cram themselves full of Torah and learning and all these great things to fortify themselves for the summer. Because the summer is a little more difficult. A little, a lot more difficult. But that's really what, what that's what, what, what's happening. Anyways, if you want to call in, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We haven't had callers in a while. But I encourage you to pick up the phone and call. I, I don't bite. And I'd and love to hear what you have to say. If you have opinions, agree, disagree, it would be great to hear from you. I don't know how you could disagree on what I just said, <laughs> but uh, if you want to, good luck to you. Um, it's, it's, I mean, the truth is, unfortunately, there are people that disagree with it. But those are not people that, those are people that I really feel bad for. I really, really, really feel bad for those people. Because they're really, and I want to say this in a not nice way, but they're really missing the boat. You know, I, I, um, it's something that, uh, you know, we, we, in this generation, we, we're facing it so strong, I would say, that, that somehow, somehow we're losing it, you know, for, for the destruction of other, other, you know, so many things around us. So we, we, we're losing the true, the, the true light. Because you have so many, so many flashlights around us. It's so funny I, you're saying that, because I see... That what happens is that the fake lights just make the people who get the true light, there may be less of them, but those that do really get it, those that do really get it, when you see and you hear somebody that's really, really Torah emet, then you really get it. It's a much bigger fight. Yeah, um, but you know, this, you see, like as I, I mentioned a few times, you go to Manhattan at night, you look at the sky, you don't, you don't see a stars, barely one star. Okay, right. Go to the mountain, go to the mountain, you see thousands of stars. What happened? 
the right. artificial light basically taking the, the the right light you know right. we every day every day in the morning we said um ki boha nire o a new light will see a light right right, right. what do you mean uh <laughs> what we see that to see a light but the true that the true light we need to have a merit we have to need some schut that we we can see it and i'm telling you i'm telling you because i i, I was in the other side you know this i was really yeah. in the other side i i i was one of these people that you know talking nonsense about you know peace and love and all this stuff and i still believe that peace and love it's it's important in this this is one of our mission in the world but in what and what is what what we pay for it and how we do it well and he, how we do it that's how they don't if we are feel sorry for the to the to the killer and not to the 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 victim so we are missing the point when we are we are sorry about the capital punishment that the guy murder mass murder so many people and we said it's not human to kill him but from the other end we kill the babies without any blink of eyes this is something that we cannot you know cannot accept it but but this is the world without Torah yes the world without Torah can go as far as you can imagine I have a problem when I hear about people of the Jewish faith that do these things it makes me insane because this is no matter how distant a person is from Hashem if they are from Zera Abraham Yisraf Yaakov They're from the Zerah Avot in Imahot, then they can't be thinking like this. It's not an equation that works for them. But you know what? We have always, I have a very, very good friend of mine who happens to not be Jewish, and she goes to work very early in the morning. And she says to me, the Jewish people are the only ones that are out at 5.30 in the morning. She says, I see them all walking with their fillings. She calls them fillings. Walking with their fillings. Going to shul. She goes, you're praying for all of us. She goes, I feel good because I see the Jewish people in the morning. And I know they're going to pray for me and for my family, for everybody. They pray for the world. So nobody else is getting up at 5.30 every morning and going to pray. And she's right. Our tefillah, when we go to shul, when we sit and we pray, it, the world is existing because of us. The world is existing yeah. because of us. You know, uh, the, the things that, uh, I know they spoke so many times, so many times, that, uh, that we, you know, we're in a society that trying to establish like the beauty and strength and everything, in the end we forget all that the weak, you know, That Hitler himself said that he is believed in the in the power right you know, he don't believe you know he killed his own people because they were sick they were sick there was uh down syndrome because there was old people you know in Germany of the Reich the third Reich wouldn't wouldn't they be uh, old age houses no no, no. just no inspired exactly this and these people it's all called people I cannot call them people I cannot you know it's it's still it's It's very tough to to say these creatures are not belong to the human race they are not belong to the human race well, see but you they know what 
they're worse than animals. You know, I see pictures, I see pictures, you know, that a person holding a baby, a, 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 a Nazi, and with this big smile in his head, and he's killing it. But you have to understand something. This is the human race. The, the God-fearing person is an elevated human. And that's what it is. What is the human race, according to the definition, a human could be no different than an animal if he acts on his humanity. It's worse than animal. That's true because their methodology is more sophisticated because they're able, they're intelligent and they could talk and they can arrange much more sophisticated ways of accomplishing their goals. And animals will hunt like animals and on four legs they'll run and if the, and if the prey gets away from them, so then they go to another one. But a human being will be relentless about getting what they want to no end. But a Jew, a God-fearing individual who has God in his veins, cannot be like that. Cannot be like that. And you see, the Israeli soldiers, I was speaking to somebody, he says, you know how depressed he got after the Lebanon War? Because he went in and, and, and he had to kill so many younger Arab soldiers that were sitting there that would have blown up his tank if he would have killed, would not have killed them. He said it was clear, one thousand percent bikuah nefesh for him and his tank. But he still couldn't sleep. He couldn't handle the fact that he killed a kid. I want to tell you something. This is maybe uh, taking me back uh, another forty-five years ago to the war, and um, I was, I was, I. There was few incidents, you know. One one incident was in, in the mesh. When they took me down to the mesh, after we got hit from the rocket, and there was over there uh, Egyptian soldiers also. And I was so hot-blooded, you know. I'm telling you, I just was... I saw my friends dying. I was over there, you know, and my best friend was dying. And I, I wanted to kill them. One of the doctor did. One of the doctor in the mesh didn't want to take care of this uh, Egyptian, and I, I, I don't blame. You know, it was like, was so. It was the first moment at the, the, the first hours of the war, of seventy three war, Yom Kippur war, Aye. and with we we were in shock, total shock. You know, but I'm talking about this, the, 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 um, the, the what he called it. I and thanks God, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. After I, I went back to 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 up to the Rasuda and and over there and I had I think I had a few hours to be to keep a, an an a Egyptian soldier under my you know oh, yeah, yeah. prison of war and I'm telling you I could I I. We we had the chance to kill. I had the chance to kill him. Nobody would, you know, just to. There were no cameras uh, then. No, 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 not matter that. But you know that's something that you know. And he was, he was really shaking. He was shaking. I, I, I'm sure that if I was the opposite, he would kill me immediately. But uh, he was really shaking. Uh, it, uh, and I was seeking, keeping him like four hours because of the night, <laughs> shi- night shift. And I, I look at him, you know, under the blanket, you know, just uh, he was under the blanket, like covering himself. I wasn't, you know, and I felt so, so, so sorry about, you know, I'm so sorry all this situation. 
you cannot take it, you know, you cannot take it from us. No. You cannot take it from us, the humanity of this, you know, the Jewish people. Because it's, it's not natural. It's not natural. It's something that's it's a, it's a holy piece of Hashem they put in us, and it's not natural. Hashem is the most patient, the most giving entity in the universe. Yeah. Hashem benevolently provides everything the universe needs, from beetles, food, to well, who knows what. Hashem it, provides. Hashem is, uh, is uh, you know, but, you know, people say, oh, it's not such a thing, Hashem, you know, and tell me, I always come back to the Stephen Jobs, you know, that was like a, a billionaire, genius, unbelievable personality, you know, never gave a penny for tzedakah. For, for he wasn't charity. a nice guy. He did, it, what? He was not a nice guy. He wasn't a nice guy, but in the last months of his life, he admitted, I didn't have life. I didn't. It. With all my money, I cannot buy my health. I cannot. He left this world 53 years old. Yeah. Miserable person. Without even people that loved him. You didn't even have, like, nobody loved him. Nobody loved, nobody loved him. No, his workers couldn't stand they, him. And they made a movie out of him afterwards to say what a jerk he was. Yeah. And it's his legacy. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, but you know, this shows us that we are really passenger here. We don't have any say here in this world. The only thing that we just say is to show how the kindness, to show the, 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 uh, how it can be the room, uh, human race can be lift ourselves above above the, the, the animal. Our chachamim, our say that, right. you know, the, the reason that we born, we created in the six days that... Basically, and you know, the Torah said, uh, "Let's nasir Adam betzalman." Yes, let's create in in our image. And basically, Hakadosh Baruch Hu took from each animal, from each creature in this world, a certain DNA code and planted in the human being. That's why we have all this kind of strange <laughs> behave characteristic, characteristic, and we are basically can do. Uh, it can go above it. We're supposed to go above it. That's why our tafkid, that's our duty right. as a Jewish people. To use it. To use yes. it for the right thing. To utilize it. And, and we can. We can. We see people doing it all the time. See people doing it all the time. And the truth is, the objective, the objective that is coming out now more and more is what people need is love. People need love from each other, people need to recognize there's love from Hashem. And if they could do that, then half the answers will be prob- uh, will be answered. Uh, you know what? The word love is so big, so huge. And what does it mean to be Jeff? <laughs> I, I, I tell you, first of all, I found, I found number one, that if somebody do- doesn't love himself, he cannot love nobody. That's and true. This is this is when somebody and he can if and if you love Akadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, you love everything because everything that is done is for good. Right. But a person has that, to love himself before he can love exactly, Hashem. Exactly. You know, when when you ate yourself, you ate all the world. That's right. You ate all the world. You cannot stand nobody. It's so true. It's you so know? true. 
And we have to love ourselves. We have to appreciate ourselves. We have to be able to say to ourselves, we're okay and, and, and we deserve love in order for us to love Hashem. Yeah, uh, this is something that we have to, to uh, um, fulfill our mission, you know. And I'm telling you, so many times, so many times, uh, I, I, you know, with, with uh, the J-Root Radio, with the program, other programs we have here, and we spoke about it, you know, how you, how you love yourself. How you love, how you can love yourself? Take a mirror, you know. Take a mirror. Look at the mirror, you know. <laughs> take a mirror. Look at yourself. So then they said, "Look, I have eyes. I have eyes. I have ears. I have. I can see. I can feel. Touch yourself. Say, I love myself. You know, it's it's a practice. You know. I I see that. Uh, you know, many times, many times I had uh, where the ear, ear issue with with one girl, and she couldn't stand nobody. She couldn't stand nobody. And I said, you know what? Practice. Look at the mirror. Say, I love myself. Smile to yourself. Give a nice smile to yourself in the mirror, you know. Yeah, but I... nobody told me that I'm God. Yes, tell yourself. Nobody is up, nobody's that. My parents never told me. Tell yourself. Give yourself an hug. I'm telling you. Right. Give yourself an hug in the mirror. Just love yourself. Because when you're this, you are, you are, you are you're human. You're, you are and, a creature here. Yeah, are... And not only that. Give yourself a break. People judge themselves and judge themselves and judge themselves, and criti- they're critical of themselves, and they and they they think terrible things about themselves, and they think, I don't I don't know how we got into this mode of looking at Hashem like he's angry. Hashem is not angry. Imagine if my son, your son, someone goes comes to them and says, you say, listen. I want you to do this and this and this. The kid says, well, I'm going to do it because I don't want you to kill me. And I want you to hurt me. I want you to torture me. I want you to make my life miserable. You're going to sell me. You're going to burn me. You're going to kill me. You look at me and say, what, are you crazy? I'm your parent. I love you. Why would you say that? I said, well, because I'm afraid of you. So why are you afraid of me? Ah, yes. If a parent is crazy, yes, be afraid of them. But you know what? What I'd rather... A child say is, I'll do it because I don't want to disappoint you. I want you to be proud of me. Hashem doesn't want us to disappoint him. When when, when a kid says, I'm going to do this because I feel like I'm garbage. I feel that I'm no good. I feel I'm not worth anything. That means as a parent, we're not doing our job. Yeah, That means that we're not doing our job. Kid needs to know. Someone asked me, how many times is the limit to tell your children that you love them. I said, I don't have a limit on such a thing. As many times as you can get it out of your mouth. I want to tell you, this is something that bothers me so much, and especially, you know, in a certain community that the parents don't even give a hug to, to the kids. Don't just show a, good, uh, uh, you know, a warm feeling to a kid you are it's 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 a formula to disaster for these kids formula it's become so called parent and i'm i'm telling you we we spoke about it you know and i'm telling you many times i come home i used to come home my kids were small uh younger i come home late they sleeping in a bed and i used to stand up to next them you know give them a, a pat in the face and still they sleeping i say i love you i love my son i love That's my right. daughter and you see a smile even they're sleeping. Yeah. They're sleeping, you know. 
just you know you call you you call your son now he's he's, he's 35 years old is is already a father i love you my son thanks god you have it it's something that is giving you giving that you know meaning to the life you know this thing people don't understand this you know they don't understand it they don't understand and they think it takes away from them yeah well, i don't right, understand is- i don't understand and this is something person should hug their children every single day hug and kiss your children every day kids need it they need it they need it so badly It's- you know what let me put it more on this an husband and wife an husband and wife needs it you know it doesn't matter how old are you and 90 years under this we need this love we need that to see that somebody care about us and what does it mean love Love is, is, is nothing that needs, it's giving. Something you're caring about. I have to tell you something. So I know out there, there's somebody who's sitting there listening to this and saying, but what if my spouse is just not lovable? What if my spouse is not lovable? These are saying, spouses need love. So, but what if, what if a person's spouse is just, just not lovable? <laughs> Let's put it at that. Just say that. So you know what, my friends? Those are the ones that need it the most. Those are the ones that need it the most. Those are the ones that you need to go over and against their will, give them a hug. Against their will, show them love because nobody else does. You know, this is so right. It's so, you know, we see it daily. We see it really the moment. There's these people that don't understand what yeah, it's yeah. all about. What's it about? You know, give, give a hug. Give, say good words. You know what? The people that own and this, you know, Rabbi Aush has, has, has a, a great book. It's called Gana uh, Chokhmah. Gana Shalom. Gana Shalom. And, and also the wisdom for the ladies. Gana Chokhmah. Yes, yeah. uh, women, women wisdom. Something like this. Okay. But it's, it's, it's amazing to But see. But that is the Yisod. Yeah, this is the Yisod. This is the Yisod. And I'll tell you another secret. I'll tell you something. I was sitting with a... With, with, a family and the mother was very difficult and the father was apologizing to the children about the mother and you know what the child said daddy you taught us how to love mommy you showed us how to love mommy you showed us to ignore these things and to love her anyways and that's how she loves you back and that's the MS that's the MS that when a parent When a parent, and you know what? So you're going to say, so I should be miserable? So let me explain to you something. Let me explain to you something. Miserable is a frame of mind. It's a mindset. A person wants to say, I'm miserable this way, I'm miserable that way. A person can make a decision and decide that I can live my life like this with a potato kugel that's not as salty as I like. Or a house is not as clean as I like, or things that I want that aren't done, and if they're not done, and those are the things that you live with in life, you sacrifice, so be it. So be it. But I can tell you something. A person is capable of being happy that way, if they decide they want to be. But with a divorced wife and children, nowadays, it's very, 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 very difficult. Uh, I'm telling you, 
it's something that uh, we have to understand that many times we don't love, you know, we don't love things that we're doing, right? That's right. Uh, we don't want to go to the work and get, uh, you know, in the end you, you, you don't get paid or you don't, you know, you don't, you don't love to this, you know, but we have to do it. We have just as a mission, as, as things that uh, many, many things we don't like. They, they, you know, the Gemara talking about, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember the rabbi name that uh, his wife was a very, very <laughs> tough wife. Every time that he asked her something, it, she will do the opposite. <laughs> you, uh, you know the story? No. Okay. Okay. I know uh, the wife. No <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Not was, mine, yeah, yeah, reminds he, he, about he, someone he, else. He, he, was, uh, he was like this. He asked for, for a steak, she would give him a fish. He asked for fish, she gave him a, a, a rice. Okay, every day that whatever that, now he used to send his son. One day, ask he asked uh, uh, his son to ask uh, his wife uh, steak, and the son went to the uh, to the uh, house and he told his mother, uh, uh, "Abba, father want uh, a, a fish," <laughs> and she gave him the steak. <laughs> okay, so now the, the son come come to the to the rabbi and bring you the steak. He looked at him. I said, "What happened?" Ah, so I said, no, I know that you wanted the steak. And uh, I, I, I told, I said, this son, my son, I want to tell you, I'm living with this woman many, many years. She's a great woman. She is the mother of you. She is the mother of my children. And that for me, so I don't care if I eat steak or fish, but never lie to her and never show it. No, that's, you know, that, you know. but Abba, I care about you. I said, listen. You care about me? I want to bring you know my house is peaceful and not never lie to this. That's right. And it's it's amazing to see that. Or oh, oh, so many times, you know, I I tell you, for example, you you know, I know so many people, so many people like in the 50s, 60s, 40, suddenly take out the Ike and divorce. It's, oh, it's so scary. It's. I'm telling you, people don't understand. Today, especially today, they don't know how to challenge themselves. It's like this. We say the disposable generation. Yeah, you have you have a car. Okay, so disposable. Oh, she she is so somebody in the in the in the social media. Oh, it's look nice, and believe me, and I'm telling you from my experience, <laughs> most of my friend that divorce, they remarried a worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, not funny, but and, <laughs> it's not funny. But the truth is, worse than this with the spouse. And and the truth is, I say that there's only one thing worse than being married to this person, <laughs> being divorced from the person. Because yeah. <laughs> if you can't deal with the person when you're married, then how are you going to do when you're divorced? Now, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. And these, you know, this is very true. There are certain situations where a person really has to get divorced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, if you're no, talking about right. government abuse, we're talking about. So, what I an exercise that I do, I do with couples to come in and say they want to get divorced. It's one of the exercises that I recommend anybody does. Anybody that's contemplating a divorce, I recommend you sit down and you write four letters. Four letters. Okay, the first letter is a letter to your children at the age of their bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, explaining to them your reason why Abba Ima or Mami and Tati got divorced. 
and explain it to them on the mind of a 13-year-old. Okay? Understand, your bar mitzvah is messed up because it's complicated because you have divorced parents. And I want you to understand why I needed to do this and write down the answers. Now, if you have Taka good answers, okay, then it'll be a letter that you could look at. But if it's something because mommy repeatedly burnt the potato cooker and it wasn't nice, you say like, huh? That's why my life got messed up? Then write it to the child a letter in their 16, 17 year old birthday when they're in high school. Write it when they, a letter when they get married. I'm so sorry that I'm not walking you down the aisle, or I am, or this and that, and arrange it. And the next one is when the first grandchild is born. If you can write a serious letter, and when you read those letters, you understand, oh, I really had to get divorced. So then you know what? That's okay. But if you hesitate on it, now I'm not saying what, and I'm not blanket saying, but then you have to really work on it. You know, but you know, but this my my question, for example, when you see the, you, we we're talking about now a young generation, young young couples, okay? But imagine yourself a couple already thirty years married, thirty years with even grandchildren, and suddenly just become I I I don't I don't know I don't know it's it's challenging you know it's something that was so it's challenging. I had this disagreement with somebody. He says, I was never happy. I made myself happy for my children. Now that my children are grown up, I don't want to do it anymore. So I said to him, but you know what? You know what? I I said, I don't understand it. There's something called loyalty. There's something called commitment. And the, the truth is, the truth is, it depends on what type of life a person lives. If a person was narcissistic and was self-involved their whole life, and that's the way they live their life, then I'm sure for the wife or for the husband that's there, it's not a shock. I had a situation where after after 10 years of working on their marriage, the lady said, I want a divorce. And the, <laughs> the husband, look on the husband's face was, oh my gosh, I thought you'd never ask. He on the spot called up the rabbi and said, Chacham, what day are you in your office? You're available Thursday? I want to come down and give a get. So the rabbi said, what? He goes, yeah, that's it. Kaka. He <laughs> gave a get Thursday. We were talking Monday, Thursday. She gave him a settlement. And the whole time he goes, I wouldn't want to deny you what you want. She was a very tough lady. He said, I wouldn't mind if you really wanted divorce. No, I've been working on it. No, no, honey. You really want it. It's okay. I want to give you what you want. I want to be a good husband and give you what you want. <laughs> you know what? Every situation is different. But I can tell you one thing. Collateral damage is always the children. It's always the children. Because no matter what, no matter how bad the situation in one parent is, it's, it's, very, it's very, very difficult for the I- children. I, it's you know what, but, but listen, you you you. I'd say so called suffered thirty years. You suddenly discovered you know it's also people don't understand that uh, we have stages in life. You know, middle age. You know, people getting you know a little bit anxious. You know, that things that and and, the, and what's important now is not going to be so important in fifteen years. Exactly, and exactly. you stick it through because later on, it, it, it you know what, and it's so so complicated it's so complicated because because it's all about ego and compromise and, and all of these things 
By the way, if you want to call in and join this very fascinating conversation, oh, which I'm sure people really have a lot to say about, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Or you could text in 347-927-8398. And you can also leave us comment, uh, a comment in the Facebook uh, page and all this if you want to uh, to say something. If you are outside of the uh, United States, as we see here right now, quite a few people watching us. I just think that, I just think that what happens is that you have, you, you have people, listen, listen, happiness is a frame of mind. Happiness is a way a person wants to be looked at. People have been happy with very little, and people are happy when they need a lot. And, uh, and happiness is just a frame of mind happiness is a way of thinking and 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 the bottom line is that a person has to realize well i don't know you know they could pursue their dreams but of, of, of all this like happiness and this bliss but it's, it but it's really it's really it's a fantasy there are people that have very happily married a second time. There are. And there are people that it's right. But but you have to it's it's just when you have little kids it's 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 very hard. And you know what? So hard for a person to say, Well, I tried everything. Well, you never know. You never know. And, and you never know. I just think that I just think that it's it's it definitely is the the divorce rate is definitely too high, higher than it should be. And a lot of the therapists that push divorce and, and encourage divorce, I want to ask them: Do you have a fund to pay for these children's therapy when they get to be older? Like, do you have a way of paying for it? Because it, it it's not so simple. The conflict and the and the difficulties that arise for children are. Too hard. Too hard. Yeah, uh, this you know, it's. Uh, I, I will tell you. I, I know. I know a few uh, person that said uh, that uh, they wish to be divorced, but they cannot afford it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. You know, it's not. It's, it's well. You know what? You know what? I had when I when I was a bachur. So I was dating. And there was a guy who was my age, and we used to compare notes on our dates. And he was coming to Mikdash Melech in the morning by breakfast, and I love to tell stories. And everything in my life is a comedy. I mean, my life, is if you follow me around with a camera, I just, things are funny. Funny things happen to me, and it's also the way I look at things. I just, my life is funny. So when I would go on dates, I would come back with funny stories. And my way of dealing with it was I would turn every date into a story. And that was morning breakfast with Simcha. I used to tell everybody my stories. And we used to laugh our heads off. Meanwhile, this guy also was dating. And he used to tell me, you're settling, you're settling, you're settling. Don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. And and for him, the fact that I married an Ashkenaz girl was like settling. How's it? 
Nebuch, whatever language you want to choose, this poor guy never got married. He never got married. And we used to, every Thursday night, we used to get together in his basement apartment, and we used to order kosher delight, and we used to learn some Mishnayis, and, 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 and we used to schmooze. That was our thing. You know, so he needs to, 10 years ago, which means he was not old. I'm reading the Jewish press, which is a miracle, because I never really read that. He died. Well, he died at 45 years old. He died. And you know how he died? He had a heart attack in his apartment, same apartment, eating kosher delight on a Thursday night. And I said to myself, I came home that night. The first thing I did, the first thing I did before I took off my shoes was I said to my wife, thank you so much for being my partner. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for, for staying with me for all these years, for raising children, for being my partner, for sticking with me all these years. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, what do you want? <laughs> she said, okay, what do you want? Why are you telling me this? And I told, I'm telling you this because you know what? There's something so big to say. Somebody sticks with you and, and, and lives life out with you. There's, that's what they sneeze at. It's not something to sneeze at. And, and love is not about being selfish. Love is not about what's in it for me. Love is about what can we create together? What can we do to change the world? You know, <laughs> what, 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 that, nowhere does it say Avraham Avinu was resentful of Sarai, Menu, you know, Khalila, no children, this and that. Sarai tells him, take Ishmael out of the house. Doesn't say, Abraham said, are you, you're not sensitive to me. <laughs> Rachel gave the simanim to Le'ah. Okay? And, and the, 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 the amount of love and devotion and connection. It's a, it, you know what? I'm sure that the Tanaim and Amoraim had arguments with their wives. And I'm sure. It talks about the concept of the Shlom Bayit. The Shlom Bayit existed then too. It's just people don't have the don't have the strength and stamina to take care of it. Uh, yes, this is that. Uh, oh, time is flying. You know, I just am um, looking. Oh up. my! Wow, we have. Uh, I'll tell you something, but this is yes. something I used to. I used to, and I have friends, very good friends. Well, now they're friends, but at the time they were clients. They call me up all the time and tell me, you know, Doctor Simcha. It's because things that you told me years ago, I still keep them in my head. They still go on in my mind. And you know what? Someone says to me, so so what do I get if I respect my wife? Why do I have to sit there and respect my wife? So the answer is very simple. Your children will be respectful children and will learn a different life if you respect your wife. My father, Zichonoli Vacha, told me, he said, Simi, that's what he used to call me, he said, you have a problem because you know everything. He was talking, he was talking <laughs> facetiously, sarcastically. 
He goes, I know you know everything. And I know you're the smartest. And I know you know everything about raising children and about this day. He goes, I know you married a girl that doesn't know everything. He said, but let me tell you something. If you spend your life correcting her and fixing her, then your children will not have a mother. That you will eliminate a mother from their lives because they're going to have to choose who they're going to listen to, either Abba or Ima. He said, so don't correct her. I said, so what are you telling me that? I say something wrong, I should just leave it? He said, no, set the example. Set the example. Set the example. You know what? One of the fights that we had in the beginning of our marriage was TV or not TV. So you know what? So, like most fights, my wife won. But you know what? I can tell you with pride and joy, I'm listening to a conversation between my two oldest sons and they're talking with their friends and they don't know I'm listening. But it was, it was I wasn't eavesdropping. Was my kid says, my father never watches TV. I never really saw my father watch TV. I don't think my father watches TV at all. And you know what? They're right. Because if I was going to have a TV in the house, I'm not watching it. Not in front of my children, ever. Yeah. They're not going to see me vegetate in front of the TV. And I was a couch potato before I got married. Okay, I used to be able to sit and vegetate in front of the TV like a nice, good, nice, good, uh, 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 stupid head. But you know what? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And none of my children are addicted to TV. None of my children have, at one time I said to my kids, okay, we have a lot to do at Pesach. We're going to put a movie on for you. One of the kids said, I have to watch the whole thing? You have to sit the whole time? Can we go outside? (laughs) You go outside. Of course. But the point of the matter is, Point of the matter is that, 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 that you know what? And, 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 but see, this goes back to the other thing. If we keep the Derech HaTorah and how we make Shiduchim and how we match up our children and we match up our children on Piderech HaTorah with Shadchanim, Eshamayim, it was Shadchanim that approach things in the right way and our Shiduchim are done not like picking up boys and girls in public places like this. It's done arranged. And then the girls and boys go out and they get to know each other. But it's arranged. It's arranged. You know, the family's appropriate. Kids appropriate. You know about the kid. You know what the story is. That's when Hashem comes in full force. You see Yad Hashem like crazy. Okay, so I want to tell you, I had a very long conversation in our show about it. And this is, I know that it will be probably the next topic on our show. It's the Shiduchim and he's talking about this. And our parents can ruin the Shiduchim. Our parents oh my can ruin gosh. Their life. And I'm telling you, I see, uh, I see a lot of uh, marriages get ruined because of, uh, of this. 100%. I tell you, I tell you, this week we had an issue with basically a few hours before the, before the wedding, the wedding canceled. Uh, I was at a wedding in Israel where the Khatan and did not come. So I'm we were at the wedding. The band, everything was there. Food, the whole nine yards. No chatan and kala. So we didn't know what to do. We ate. We went home. So there's something, almost something like this happened here. And uh, it seems like the parents 
basically get involved and uh, just throw out the all the deal. Crazy, this, this crazy is why you need a harav. Exactly, yes, exactly. Crazy, crazy stories. And unfortunately, uh, as a parent, you know, but one thing, you know, we spoke about one thing. And I tell it to my kids and I tell it to myself. And I tell, we cannot change nobody. Yeah. The only one that we can change, try to change, it's ourselves. It's and, and, and by and changing this, ourselves, we can change somebody else. Exactly, exactly. As you said, as a, as an example, uh, you you be the example. You will be the the role model, and uh, believe me, it's it's working, and it does work. And you know something, I can tell you that the other thing is the other thing is, which is very important for every parent who's marrying off a child. And I married off one child, and I tell you something, Nisim. Every day I see more and more how Hashem loves me. My daughter-in-law, God bless her, is so beautiful. She's so good for all of us. And she's such a machaya. She's such a, a blessing in my family. But you know something? Before I walk down the aisle, they're playing my song, Anna Hashem by Shlomo Karabach. And I'm shuckling. I'm ready to get down the aisle. My father, Mzichonoli Bacha, calls me back. I think he's going to give me a bracha. He holds up car keys. He says, Simi, honey, do you want to marry this girl? Yeah. <laughs> he said, Dad, they're playing my song. They're like 400 people in the Huparu waiting for the, the, like the main event over here. He goes, no, really. If you don't want to marry her, my car is parked in back. There's a full tank of gas. I have sandwiches in the car. You could go. I'll pay for the whole wedding. And I'll pay her parents extra money. And they 